Hi, I'm Ina Garten, the Barefoot Contessa. Welcome to the audio podcast of my show, Be My Guest. I've invited some really interesting people to visit me. Some are old friends and some are new friends. We'll share stories that will hopefully amuse and inspire you. And you're invited too. How fun is that? I love to invite interesting people to my house for good food, great conversation, and lots of fun. I've always wanted to spend time with Marcus Samuelson, the incredible award-winning chef, restaurateur, and author. He's actually bought a new house nearby, and he's joining me for an amazing day at the barn. I'm new to the Hamptons, so what could be better than have the best possible guide ever? Ida Garten's gonna show me around in the neighborhood. I can't wait. I thought I would greet him with a delicious French 75 <laughs> cocktail to celebrate his arrival. Oh, to new beginnings this is amazing. and new friends. I love it. We're talking about the incredible story of his childhood journey from Ethiopia to Scandinavia. She said, I'm gonna set you guys up for adoption. And just like that, I went from the warmest country in the world to the coldest country <laughs> in the world. He's showing me his amazing cured salmon salad on charred flatbread. I'm giving all my secrets away. I, can't, I don't know what, what I'm gonna do. You won't have this. any secrets left after this. Then I'm taking him to one of my favorite farm stands and giving him a box of their gorgeous produce to take home. How great is that? You are the perfect guest. I love that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Marcus Samuelson. He has this amazing story. We're going to talk. We're going to cook together. It's going to be really fun. To get things off to a good start, I'm making us French 75 cocktails. And while I do that, let me tell you about Marcus. Born in Ethiopia, Marcus Samuelson grew up in Sweden with his adoptive parents after the tragic death of his mother. This is one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. After some serious training in French kitchens in Europe, Marcus moved to the States, where at just 24 years old, he became the head chef of the acclaimed restaurant Aquavit, becoming the youngest person ever to get a three-star review from the New York Times. Six years later, he opened the acclaimed restaurant Red Rooster in Harlem, which is his celebration of many American black cuisines. His grandmother's Swedish meatballs are also on the menu as a tribute to her. Now Marcus heads an international restaurant empire, has won many prestigious awards. He's cooked for a president, curated the 2022 Met Gala menu, written many best-selling cookbooks and memoirs, and has won and starred in a string of wildly successful TV series. Marcus lives in Harlem with his wife, Maya, and their two children, and he's still very hands-on in his restaurant kitchens. Isn't that the most amazing story? I love how much he's accomplished. Okay, for the French 75, I peeled two strips of lemon zest. That's gonna go in later. And now I need a third of a cup of freshly squeezed lemon juice. It's about one or two lemons. I can't wait to spend the day with Marcus. I'm super excited. I'm heading over to Ina's house. I'm going to cook for her. She's going to give me some cocktails. What could be better? Okay, I'm going to make a French 75 cocktail. And I actually make it in a measuring cup so you can measure and mix at the same time. So instead of just a champagne cocktail, this has other things in it. It's delicious. It has cognac. Half a cup of cognac. I hope Marcus likes these. I do. Half a cup of simple syrup, which is one cup of sugar and one cup of water brought to a boil and cooled. This makes about four drinks. 
the third of a cup of fresh lemon juice. And then all I have to do is just shake it up with some ice, about two cups of ice. And then I'm gonna to top each glass off with some really good champagne. And just give it a shake. So it's really important that it not only chills it, but it also dilutes it a little bit. That's the secret of a good cocktail. I'm so looking forward to my conversation with Marcus and also that he's gonna cook for me. Okay, got chilled champagne. How good does this sound? Okay, I'm just gonna clear up and I'll be ready when Marcus gets here. Two champagne glasses and I'm ready for anything. You know it's a good day when you're gonna cook with the one and only, Ina Garten. I'm so excited. Marcus, hi. How are oh, I'm you? I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be here. What a How lovely home. Thank you. It's stunning, Thank I you. love the garden. Welcome to the neighborhood. Thank and you very much. <laughs> Come on in, I decided since you had a new house, we yes. need a little champagne cocktail. Oh, perfect. A little That's... French 75. I love How's that. How's that sound? Nice. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Listen, this is one thing we can do. That's the way to do it. Right? Thank you. So yeah. how's your new house? It's really exciting. It's coming along. It's in Are you renovation. renovating it? Yeah, yeah, we're renovating, which is like a movie by itself. Oh, yeah. But we get <laughs> Tell it. me about it. Yeah. I've done it a few times. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Wow. To new, new beginnings. This is amazing. And new friends. Thank you for so having me. So good to me. see you. Mm. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. It's delicious. It's light, kind of layered flavors. Is it good? So much better Thank than you. mimosa. He loves it. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> so much better. Yeah. So tell me about Sag Harbor. Is it wonderful being in the village? Love it. Do you have an old house? We have an oldish house that we're yeah. renovating, yeah. and it's been a lot of back and forth, but we're finally there. But I love it. Just walking with my family on the beach. Mm, it's just beautiful. Small villages yes. and communities, which you're big on. And a it's, lot of history. And a lot of history. A lot of history. Yeah, you know? It's wonderful. I have so much to talk to you about. Let's go sit down. Let's chat. I'm excited. <laughs> On this gorgeous day. Yes. I got, got lucky, Stunning. really lucky. Marcus, if I read a novel with your story, <laughs> I would say, well, that just doesn't happen. Can I first just say how excited I am to sit there and talk to you? Oh, I'm super thank excited. Thank you so much. This is just the most extraordinary story. So tell me. Yeah. So, so you were a baby yeah, in born, Ethiopia. Born in Ethiopia. Yeah. How so old were you when I you was left? two, two, two and a half, and my sister was five. So my sister truly remembers yeah. this. My birth mother, my sister... And I, we had tuberculosis. Which, which if untreated is, can kill you. Yeah, steadily, absolutely. Right? And, and we lived in a village on the countryside in Ethiopia, and my mother actually walked us in to the capital. How far did she have to oh, walk? It's, it's a bunch of marathons. So I, basically, that's it's what she did. It's just a stunning. Yeah, with two kids. And, and she walked there to the hospital to get to a doctor. Yeah. And, I mean, the, I, I, all I can think is the unbelievable determination yeah. that you got from your mother I mean, you must be so think, much like her. I think, well, I wish, I wish I knew her better and more. And this is something that, you know, in my book, I always say, I never seen the eyes of my mother. So yeah, sometimes when I see that. a 25 year old, if I'm in Ethiopia and I see like a, a young mother with two kids, I'm like, well, mm. I wonder if my mom would look but like But finish that. the story because your mother yeah. got the three of you to the hospital. Mm -hmm. and, and then she happened? passed away and my sister and I, we survived. And, and the nurse at the hospital was like, 
what am I going to do with these two kids? I can't just put them out there on the street because <sighs> she knew that nothing good would come out of that. So she actually took us in. She took us to her home mm -hmm. and she said, I'm going to set you guys up for adoption. And since the hospital was sponsored by Swedish doctors, they connected oh, us with Swedish. That was the connection. That was the uh, connection. And they yeah. connected us with the Swedish adoption agency. Yeah. And just like that, three months later, I went from the warmest country in the world to the coldest country <laughs> in the world. I also went from exactly. being Casa Sigai to Marcus Samuelson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. So you yeah. go to this incredible family that it just embraces you. Yeah. It wasn't just my parents. It yeah. was my aunties and uncles. It was all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we were the odd family with the black kids and the Jewish aunt and the, all of these Isn't different it, things, it's right? It's just fabulous, yeah. But that's who we were, the Samuelsons. So mm -hmm. like, and we were a large tribe. So, you know, we had each other. Yeah. Our childhood was really defined by a lot of love. Um, a lot of character building experience because teaching, teaching yeah. because we grew up in the city, went to school in the city of Gothenburg, but we also grew up summertime and all the breaks on a fishing village because mm -hmm. that's truly where my father came from. And that's the time for me that I connected with food and, and ocean and nature mm -hmm. in a different way. And it's really the reason why I'm a chef. That combined with my grandmother, those are the two reasons why I'm a yeah, chef. Yeah, so tell me about your grandmother because she had such an influence on you. Helga goes back to the time when Sweden was a very poor country. Mm -hmm. She was a domestic. Everything she knew was through food. The minute you opened the door, there was a smell coming to you. Mm. And that could be blend between bread coming out of the oven, chicken stock in the back. She maybe had just pickled herring. And so she's like, okay, you're here. What would you like to do? And it wasn't playing in the garden. It was like, do you want to bring the herrings down or do you want to clean the blueberries? Which one is it? <laughs> and we loved it. But you had a love while you were growing up beside cooking. You know, I loved, I loved soccer. Yeah. I always saw myself as a professional soccer player. And that was probably my first big defeat, that I didn't become mm -hmm. a soccer player. Mm -hmm. But there was something else around it that my coach always preached and told us, right? Humility teamwork, hard work. I think that also for me it's helped being an athlete because it helped me. Part of kitchen is it's grueling, it's, it's hard work. Grueling. And you, you People have, don't realize how, that haven't worked in a kitchen have no idea how no hard idea. it is. Yeah. It's heat, it's freezing cold, it's extremes, right? It, it could be grease on the floor, it could be, it's, you work with a knife, yeah, <laughs> that, right. you work fast. And, yeah. and people are throwing things yes. right on top of that. <laughs> it's not a it's, normal office yeah. environment, but also, I love it. So you decided that soccer wasn't gonna be your life and you thought you loved cooking. I always admired my father that came from a fishing village but had his own geology business. He said, if you're gonna do this, you have to approach it like a PhD. And say, PhD takes about seven to eight years. You know, you got to work on something and figure it out. And you got to work with really good people. Yeah, so, okay. That's really important. And that was the thing. So, we surround yourself with surround great people. Surround yourself with the best. Yeah. So, I got a scholarship to go to Switzerland and Victoria Jungfrau and Interlach and this great, great resort. Incredible right? place. And I was told my friends, I got a job in Switzerland. I'm done. I'm set. They put me straight in the garden. I didn't even see a <laughs> really? kitchen for the first six months. But you learned about the garden. Oh, I learned a ton. Yeah. It's the best six months of my life wow. because wow. I really truly understood that an ingredient only basically have a two weeks time where it's truly in season, right? Mm -hmm. 
But you got to hit that peak, and that's when we had to deliver it to the kitchen. Yeah. And I had to do it in German and French. And once you learn French, they yelled at you in German. And once you learn German, they can switch it <laughs> to something else. But besides being screamed at at every language, I, I loved it. And the day I stepped into that kitchen, I was ready. I was ready. For me, I knew this was a moment for me and an opportunity. And my North Stars was not Switzerland. My North Stars was to go to France. And me and my mother, we used to go to the local library, and there was a Michelin guide there. Yeah. With, and I said, I only have to go to three stars. Yeah. And my dad's like, how is this going to work? You don't speak good French. You, you never really, why wouldn't you work in a one star and two stars? I said, no, the best is the three star. You told me to get to the best. I'm overwhelmed with your incredible determination. We wrote to every single one of them. Wow. It was about 30 at a time in France. Yeah. We got 28, 29 no's. Yeah. But we did get one, one. yes. And which one was that? Georges Blanc. Wow. And that's all I needed. Wow. And then here I was off to France to, you know, I felt like I, you know, you I reached Mount like Everest. That. You got right? the Oscar. Yes. <laughs> and I was the richest guy in the world, although I didn't make $1 for one year, but I felt. Seriously? No, no. It was, it was an internship for a yeah. year? Yeah. Wow. But I was also fortunate I didn't need money. But you were, but you were learning. Yeah. You know, I had a little bit of pocket money. Yeah. So I saved up. So what else do you need? At some point you decided that why is French food like the king of food? There are other cuisines. Yeah. And I was like, how come I can only read about French food? Maybe Italian food. But there's all these other cuisines out there. Mm. So I was on a search. And when I got a chance to go on a cruise ship, and I looked at specifically they're going to go to Asia. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm in. Mm. And... This Wait. is really formative for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Waking up in Singapore, eating hawker stand food on street food that costs $2, but it tastes like the best Michelin dish you've mm -hmm. ever had in your life. Mm -hmm. And I knew, like, whatever they're doing, I got to figure out how do I fit into that. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was unbelievable. Everything's different. And when I saw different ways of living, different ways of food, I was drawn to that. That was mm -hmm. my calling card. Mm -hmm. So you arrive in New York. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. you had $300 with yeah. you, which you thought would last for quite a while. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're $300 gone. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you go first? Did really? you know people in New York? Yeah. A friend of mine said, well, there's a Swedish restaurant in New York. So, of course, I know it's Aquavit. You should do an internship there. So you went to the guy who owned Aquavit, and you said, if you hire me, yep. I will make this uh, three-star New York Times Restaurant. Yes. And of course he hired you. Well, first of all, I'm always grateful to Hawkins Swan who mm -hmm. did that. I was put there as a sous chef, as a number two. And I really liked that because it was a good way for me to understand the landscape and learn with the purveyors because it's not just what you put out the plate, it's how does the food come to you. But little, you know, this is life, right? Life is very different than on a piece of paper. Seven, five weeks into me working there now, the chef dies. Five weeks? He dies. Wow. It was something that was really random and horrible. and Terrible accident. It was just bad. And so one bad. day you're now the head chef. Wow. And that wasn't even planned. Håkan said to me, I'm going to go to Sweden to find our chef. And four months later, he came back and said, hey, I know who the chef's going to be. I said, who? It's going to be you. Mm. I said, what? He's like, no, no. Food cost is better. Reviews are getting better. We have more customers in this restaurant. You're going to be the chef. And what did you feel when you got the th th three-star review in the Times? 
You were 24 years old. Yeah. You were the youngest chef ever to get yeah. that. I, the good things I know was that I didn't even know what that meant. Oh. There's no way I could have known what that would do to my career. And I think that's good because if I would have thought about it, the amount of pressure, it would have been horrible. Yes. So 9-11 changed everything. Yeah. A week before, the weekend before 9-11, uh, I cooked there. I cooked at the Towers. I, I did a... Did you really? Yeah, I, cooked, wow. I did a Swedish t TV show, and uh, I did it with CCAP. I helped the student from CCAP that were there. CCAP is careers through culinary arts, and it really helps high school students from their past, from high school, to truly going into culinary schools, mm. and eventually after culinary schools, we help them. Really uh, formative. Formative. And uh, Michael Lamonico was so kind to open up his kitchen for us. I said, just take the kitchen. We're not going to be in this build. We're not going to be in that kitchen. You can borrow that kitchen, you know. So we were there preparing for a... Um, for our TV show. And when you cook somewhere, you don't know when that's gonna be the last time that you're there. You just said goodbye, thank you guys, and you appreciate mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and then 9-11 happened. And you don't think about it, yeah. And I think 80 professionals in Michael's Kitchen passed away, right? And I didn't know all later, but I, I did know a good 15, 20. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Michael himself went to the eye doctor that just, morning. Just by the grace of God. Yeah. Right, that's right. the reason why he, I mean, it's-, it's Which has its own level of yeah. anxiety, that, of guilt, of having just had that good fortune. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it I started to think about, Oof. does Can food matters, the restaurant like, matters, do we matter? Like, we all, what, we what all we had that, like nothing mattered. Nothing mattered, yeah. exactly. And I started, my, I talked to my mom a lot about, you know, should I go back to Sweden? Mm -hmm. And I felt- You were thinking about that. Of course, but I said to yeah. myself, it's copping out, you know? Like, mm -hmm. this is the time when you don't leave. This is the time when you go back mm -hmm. in. And, uh, but I knew something had to change. I said, you know what, I'm gonna move to Harlem. And I was like, let's move to a place where at least you're gonna get to know your neighbors, yeah. right? Where people say hi to you and they engage with you. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a couple a of friends. idea. Yeah. A couple of friends that lived in Harlem and I moved to Harlem. And mm -hmm. it, it started a new beginning. I was still at Aquavit, mm -hmm. but that transition, it was a lot of things that happened between post 9-11 and let's say 2005. Mm -hmm. I met uh, my birth father. That must have been amazing, finding your father in Ethiopia. Yeah. So you decided to go back. Your sister, I think, researched it. I didn't decide, my sister decided. Sister decided that both of you would go back, I love that. Yeah. And, and that you would you'd go back and find him. It was game changing, it was uh, life changing for me. But here you are, you're really Swedish. Yeah and you're going back to meet somebody that you think you're gonna connect with, but yeah. you don't even speak the same language. Didn't speak the same language. That must have been so jarring. And all the other things around it, right? I'm in Ethiopia, I am Ethiopian, I look Ethiopian, but I can't speak the language. Mm. I connected with the food, mm -hmm. because that was the language I can understand. I loved eating with my hands, the injera and the berber and the spices. It wasn't the food that I grew up with, mm -hmm. but it was delicious. Mm -hmm. There's a chickpea stew that's called shiro that I knew like I've had it before. Yeah. I just didn't know where. We drove for an hour and a half, two hours. You get off the dirt road. Yeah. And then there was this village to just like maybe 20 huts. And the driver's like, it's going to be in here. And then there's maybe 80 people, 100 people greeting us. Right? Wow. And I knew right away, it's him. And at Seriously, that point, you knew? I knew right away. I looked at this man, he had a stick. He had actually long hair, 75 at the time, long gray hair. And I said to myself, well, I'm gonna have good hair. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I greeted him. I still, when we talk about it, I, I, I will never forget it. Mm. Uh, it was a hug that was, you know, at that point, 25 years in waiting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I needed it. We both needed it. It wasn't just that, oh, my God, I missed you. It was just we couldn't really speak, right? Mm -hmm. But it was being open to the possibilities yeah. of us to get to know each other. Yeah. We had a, somebody that translated for us, uh, but also he had eight kids, uh, so that meant that we had eight half-sisters and brothers. That you could get to know. Yeah. Get to know, yeah. and some of them spoke English, and we started, and we still to this day are very good friends. And, oh, how and, fabulous. And, yeah. How fabulous. A new chapter in my life. And, and also in 2009, you and Maya married? Mm -hmm. Tell me about Maya. Maya's amazing. She centers me. How, how does a woman who's <laughs> born in Ethiopia, raised in Holland, find a guy who was born in Ethiopia and raised in Sweden? How does that even happen? I know. It's crazy. How did you right? meet each other? We actually met when I had, um, <laughs> in my apartment in, in Harlem, a friend of mine, it was his birthday, it was my housewarming party to, to uh, the apartment. Yeah. But it was too many people came to the house. So I was like, I got to go. There's too many people in this house. Too many people like, like, you know. So I was like, I need some fresh air. So, so I was leaving. And when I took, hit the elevator to, um, to go downstairs, came downstairs. And then this bunch of uh, uh, ladies uh, came and said, hey, we hear there's a party here on the roof. I saw Maya. I was like, I'm coming back up with them. <laughs> All of a sudden, this party became yeah. really interesting. Yeah. And then we started to talk, and the fact that she was Ethiopian, but also the fact that she grew up in Holland, and this was like, we were, it was so similar, your past. Of course. And they were different, yeah. we were similar. And she came on her own to New York City from Europe, from Paris. And I was like, oh my God, like she just lived a very similar path. And mm -hmm. we connected on so many different things. And mm -hmm. I never looked outside food. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anything to come in my pathway. I was always nervous if I was in a relationship because I was really nervous about it. Mm. But I went with love. Mm. That was the right thing to do. It was the right <laughs> thing to do. Coming up, success in the city, the secrets to a stunning restaurant dish you can make at home, then a top-down ride out to one of my favorite local spots with a surprise farm-to-table gift for Marcus. So let's fast forward to um, Red Rooster. So how did that come about? I think your mom was advising yeah. you, right? My mother was advising always. She's she a force. She just passed away a couple of years ago, oh. but I still have a voice in my head. Oh, every don't we morning. all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> and my mother at that time was constantly like, you like Harlem. Do something affordable. I feel like uh, Red Rooster is the energy of New York. Yeah. It brings everybody together. Yes. The food is spectacular, yeah. um, but it's also fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. Red Rooster was really about reflecting the energy, is really about reflecting the energy of Harlem. Mm -hmm. Still one of the few places in New York where you hear music on the street, where you can see Vibe Dapper Dan walking down the street with yeah. his beautiful yeah. clothing. And, and I was like, let me bottle that up and put a restaurant that everyone can enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. 
That's right? so interesting. Yeah. And then also in Harlem has a West African a part of uh, Harlem where the Senegalese and the Nigerians and being Ethiopian, I felt like let open up the conversation around black food that is not monolithic, right? Mm -hmm. Most people might not know that. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about it yeah. and let's show it through the yeah. food. So you will have things like a gumbo sauce in there. There will be shrimp and grits that comes really from the Carolinas, right? There will be things like beautiful barbecued ribs, pork ribs that comes from out of the Carolinas. You know what I love too is that you brought, also you brought your Swedish influence. Yes. And I think, am I right, the Swedish meatballs are always on the menu? Always on the menu. <laughs> They're so good. And, and you know, the village of Harlem is a neighborhood that is vast mm -hmm. and have lots of pockets of diversity. Mm -hmm. and all of them all together. together yeah. So you're working on a new restaurant in... Yeah. Chelsea. I, you have to tell me about In your Chelsea. old neighborhood. I know. I used yes. to live in Chelsea. I love it there. Well, you know... How'd that happen? I'm always drawn to neighbors like Harlem or like Chelsea that are real character. Mm -hmm. And it's this little gem that is in between sort of busy midtown and downtown, right? So I just felt like there's art, there's neighborhood, it's close to the water, and... We want to open a seafood restaurant with a lot of vegetarian food that's going to be delicious. We're going to have one meat dish on. It better be good. <laughs> I'm uh, sure it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> and our chefs and our leaders are majority women. It's really about being in communities where you can showcase something that is meaningful to you through the restaurant, through the food. And also, we need joy. Yeah. We need to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to do in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. You have a little boy, Zion, and baby Grace. Does Zion help you cook? But Zion, I love to cook for Zion. Mm -hmm. He's a better cook than eater. He's <laughs> interesting in anything that's smashed, like crack those eggs <laughs> on the fire, of course, with the gas. Right? Isn't that great? So what's a great day for you? Like, what's a perfect day? Wake up here out east. Me and Zion, we probably go down to the on a perfect day. We make breakfast for everybody. And I'll go run off to the farmer's market and pick up some ingredients and cook lunch for the whole family. But right now, I think you're cooking for me. Absolutely. I was so excited about coming here, cooking for you. How lucky am I? Not just for the conversation, but you're going to cook for me? Let's go cook. Let's I'll do it. I'll be your sous chef. Perfect. <laughs> Marcus Samuelson has agreed to make cured salmon with a summer salad and charred flatbread? Yes. God, that sounds so good. I wanted to make food that you will be keep cooking this again and again. You can count on it. It sounds fabulous. So, growing up in Sweden, you know, curing fish, you had to do it, right? But the way my grandparents cured fish, it was really a preserving technique, but I'm not going to cure it that way. Okay. So the texture's going to be like sashimi, but it's quick cured. Okay. Okay? So it's sort of like in between sashimi and, and Gra gravlax? Gravlax, exactly. Gravlax is cured with salt and, and sugar. sugar and dill. Exactly. Right. And we Love got it. dill stems right there. Uh, so, excellent. so much of Helga, my grandmother, yeah. but also my journey to Japan and Ethiopia is in this recipe. You're going to see okay. it. I'm going to start making the quick cure with salt, sugar, and then we're going to have rice wine vinegar. So, it's like Asian and Scandinavian. Exactly. And here goes the lime juice. Yeah. So it's fresh Which natural is the acid. part, right? The salt, gonna, sugar, and the citrus. It's all going to kind of cook it. Exactly. And then I have a little bit of fish sauce just to get more salt, but a different type of salt. Just a couple of drops and soy sauce. So just going to bring this to a boil, right? And then I'm going to slice in a jalapeno. Mm -hmm. And we, in jalapeno, is so, it's not spicy, right? So you can keep the seeds in there. But we're going to slice this so thin 
Interesting, when you slice it, a lot of the seeds come out anyway. They come out anyway. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never done that. But it doesn't work if you're going to slice them thick. There, this yeah. is about mm -hmm. a delicate and a balanced recipe. And so what is it, what's the salmon? It's like a, a loin? Yes, beautiful salmon. This is a tip. Always ask for sushi quality of salmon, mm -hmm. grade A. Okay, and that, what does that actually mean? I it means that it, they go in the back yeah. and gives you the best piece of fish and fresh, ever freshest. had. And that's all you want. Yeah. So this is now a simmering, yeah. right? And I smell this. Mm. It's right? amazing. So a little bit of that heat, it's gonna hit you. Yeah. That fish sauce, and we're just gonna pour it right on top of the salmon, just like that. Let it sit. You know, I never went to cooking school, but this is a great cooking class. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and it you. will change a little bit of the texture of the fish now, right? Yeah, because it gets cured. It gets yeah, cured. Like Gravlax does. Exactly. And let it sit. For how long? I would say 25 minutes or so. It's, right. it's enough. I can't wait. So the salmon is now cured, and Marcus is going to show me how to make it into a salad. Well, a new recipe idea is to say, I cured this as long as your nap was, right? It has <laughs> to be a nap Oh, I can cured. nap for a long time. Nap, nap cured. Cured, okay? <laughs> I do like a good nap. <laughs> we all love it, right? So it's cured, and we, it's actually perfectly fine And it now. was just like 20 or 30 minutes, right? 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. It's just beautiful. <laughs> so I'm going to just put that aside for a second. Just pat it dry, right? And then we're going to make a miso glaze that actually also is going to work as a vinaigrette for this wonderful oh, summer salad. Because if you're going to, you know, why just use it for one thing? So I have a little bit of blonde miso, which I love here. A lot of umami flavor, right? Yeah. I'm adding in Dijon mustard, a little bit of honey. God, I love all the layers of flavor. Yes, so you got sweet, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to use a little bit of this liquid just to thin it out. This is in the category of using everything, right? Using Every, everything. everything. You better. <laughs> so after, after a day of cooking, what do you go home and eat? Uh, or you go home and just yeah. collapse? <laughs> I, I think, no, but, it, you know, I love coming home and have, like, Maya's cooked a good Ethiopian stew or something like that. Uh, Nothing is better than that. So you add olive oil to thicken it a little bit, yeah, like just a vinaigrette, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm just going to squeeze in a little bit of lime juice. Okay. Always that acid that really just brings out the flavor of everything. I want you to smell that. This is the spice I've been waiting for. This yes. Berbera? Berbera, exactly. Berbera? Exactly. And is it like curry? It's a mixture of spices? It is. It's a spice blend that we use on everything it's, in Ethiopia, right? It's so complex and it's, so, it's fantastic. It's cumin, it's garlic, it's sun-dried, it's chilies. And, it, and are there different mixtures? Sort of standard mixture. There's definitely different mixtures. So it's like curry. Could be any mixture that... And every household yeah. makes it different. Yeah. When you travel in Ethiopia, outside people's homes, there's always chilies being dried out uh, for Berbere. Uh, so I just okay. add a little bit of Berbere, a little bit of cumin. A little bit. I know, it's like right? intense. <laughs> Dill? mint, and some beautiful parsley. There are herbs that we don't use. Yeah. We're adding into to the, the salad. To the tomato salad. There's not going to be any leftovers here. <laughs> I'm just brushing it, you know, and it's light. It's a light coating of mustard miso vinaigrette. Oh, it's, and this is like the crust of it. Yes. But it's fresh. Yeah. It's not like a seared crust. No. It's like fresh. How gorgeous Super is that? Super light. We're doing one wow. more log. Boom. 
Just think about how many cuisines come together here. I know, That's right? just incredible. Japan, Japan meets Sweden meets exactly. Ethiopia. I mean, this is the essence of fusion cooking. Yes. And we're going to slice it later. And I cannot wait. You know what? We're not going to waste anything. Okay. I'm going to take some of that. And put it in that. Look at that. <laughs> Boom. Okay, salad next. But so just beautiful tomatoes, right? Yeah, gorgeous. And then we're going to add some salt. And then beautiful avocados, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes and avocado are meant to be together. They are. They really, they really are. are. They're fabulous. And then we have cucumber. So the cucumber has so much water to it, right? Now, I cut right. fairly big pieces. I love the way pieces. you cut it. Yeah. That's really nice. So each, each thing has its own, like, cut. It's not like everything's cut exactly the same way. No. And, and that comes down to texture. Like, we mm -hmm. eat aesthetically. It's very important, mm -hmm. right? The things important. are beautiful, but also textures are important, yeah. right? Yeah, I totally agree. And then we add that in. It's a little bit dry right now, mm -hmm. but guess what? We have this beautiful mustard miso vinaigrette that we're going to use. Just add that in. It's great. I like the end up. Every bowl is empty by the time you're done. Right? Have to be. <laughs> have to be. Can you toss that? And I'm I, just going to squeeze in a little bit more. You trust me to do this? I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Oh, you're going to put the flowers in? Yeah. Those are so chive flowers. Stunning. Oh, how cool is that? We're going to garnish with them. Yeah. We're going to garnish with them later on. We're going to save some for the end. They're absolutely <laughs> stunning. Look at that. The mint. We're going to rip that in so you have a little bit more. What's in your garden at home? Now, here in the Hamptons, nothing, nothing. yet. <laughs> but we will have yeah. a bunch of tomatoes we're definitely going to have. Hopefully, I can have some chilies as well. Okay, so this chives. This smell of chives. Mm. It, it's mm. so reminiscent. This is like an herb salad with a few tomatoes in it. It is. <laughs> because I think that's how we should eat in the summertime. We should eat fresh. Okay, now you've got the salad, got the salmon, and next we're going to do the flatbread and pull the whole thing together. I can't, can't wait. wait. Can't wait to taste this. Marcus Samuelson is the perfect guest. He comes, he has a really good time. Yes. And he cooks for me. Absolutely. <laughs> How great is that? So <clears throat> we've got cured salmon, mm -hmm. an incredible salad. And what are you going to do with the bread? I'm just going to grill it. You know, I love flatbread in all shapes. Tortilla, injera from home country, dosa, pita, you name is it. Is this like pita? This is a very, it's like a whole wheat pita. Yeah. It's good. It's, you know, just, it just gets the job done. Anytime you can eat with your hands. <laughs> I'm in. And I'm just going to put some lemon on the grill. Isn't that Especially. great? And that just brings out the juices in the lemon? It does. Isn't that interesting? How and, great. And that's Good idea. the key to this cured salmon is actually the acid in the lemon, right? The citrus that you pick up. So when I plate something like this, I try to think about, you know, positive negative space, right? You look at the plate almost like a canvas, right? Yeah. So restaurant plating can be done at home as well. You know, I always plate off-center. If I can, I put in odd numbers of objects. So maybe five tomatoes. This is so great. You know, just like that. So positive space is where the thing is, mm -hmm. and negative space is where it's empty. I'm giving all my secrets away. I, can't, I don't know what, <laughs> what I'm going to do. You after won't have this. any secrets left after this. So. Okay, so this is the salmon that has all the herbs and the spices on the outside. Yes. So it's really, it's just cured around the outside, but it's really kind of raw inside, yes. which is why you like sushi grade salmon, exactly. right? Exactly. It just looks and feels a little bit different, right? We're just going to put that on top, straight on top. Oh, so kind of like, they all mix together. Exactly. And you just the same thing. I'm using an odd and number. It's so colorful. It just, it's bright and colorful Look and fresh. Now. I just put one piece on the side <laughs> like that, cuz on the side. I love that you're creating while you're doing it. Yeah. It's just no. so, so great. And then 
It's like art that's good to eat. The flatbread is key here, right? Because you have liquid on the plate. Yeah. So you want to have something to scoop that up with. And that's really what the flatbread is here for. We're just going to squeeze citrus juices. So much juice in that lemon. Love that you cut it in smaller pieces mm -hmm. and you get all the juice out. Put that. And do you want me to put anything on top of it? Make it purple rain. Make can that I, purple rain make, with your beautiful chai. Yeah, make some I purple rain. I love that the chai flowers add color and texture, but also flavor. flavor. How fabulous. And this chai flowers is just so gorgeous, mm, you know? Mm, mm. This smells so good. Oh my God, is that it? That's, That's it. That's fabulous. Wow. I think we did a restaurant dish. I like the way it says we. We did. <laughs> it's, it's actually a restaurant dish you can make at home, mm -hmm. which is just gorgeous. I just love the bite between the salmon and the cucumber and the salad. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. It's so flavorful. Yeah. Oh my God, that's just delicious. Favorite part of eating. Fresh salmon. What's your favorite part of eating? The scarpetta. Oh, it's, it's wiping up the plate. It is. Isn't that great? I live for this drag. Mm. <laughs> it's like biscuits and gravy, right? It is. <laughs> they go together. Okay, so after we finish this, it's a gorgeous day. I'm going to take you for a top-down ride. I'll take you home with a little detour to one of my favorite farm stands. I love it. And I may have a little surprise for you there. Surprise? I'm yeah. in for that. Okay, good. <laughs> How good is this? Mm, you're a good, good. You're a good eater. I can tell. Yeah, Your drag. Mm. That's a pro. My drag is yeah, good. I can see that. I can I see. I want to get all of it. Yeah. No, I can see that. That's a good pro. All right. Let's hit the road. One of the things I love most about East Hampton is the historic, yeah. the windmills and the old buildings, the old church. It's stunning. I mean, every, Main Street is all deemed historical, so you can't change anything. And they're just now renovating um, Guild Hall, which is the theater. Yeah. It's a really good nursery, Bayberry. Beautiful. And this is the town of Amagansett. Yeah. We're going to Amber Waves. The story about Amber Ways is the two women who own it came out here, took the train out for a summer internship and got off the train together and realized they were going to the same internship and became best friends. <laughs> and they worked at, at farms in their summer internship and decided to buy a farm and Amazing. become farmers. And that they own Amber Ways. And it's just a wonderful place. That's incredible. Isn't that great? So this is Amber Waves. I love it. And what a nice a, place. A farm supported by 250 families. Oh, how cool. CSA baskets. Are you part of it? I am so right, part of it. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> I love it. And it's just, I love to come here. It's just wonderful. Oh, it's stunning. I love the it's building. It's beautiful, isn't it? The strawberries oh, look looks great. Just the strawberries in perfect season. And garlic scapes. Mm -hmm. I love these. How fabulous is that? Yes. I like to grill them. What do you do with them? Well, grilling is good. I just love, I just say like, in the pan or chop them up and serve them with, like, let's, let's say, like melon or something like completely Ooh, different. I whoa, love that. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. And they have gorgeous flowers. And look, they have um, seedlings. You could start your garden here. Yes. <laughs> Is that a summer challenge? Yeah, it's a summer. <laughs> exactly. Okay, you go find a table and chair. What? I'm going to go get something. I got a little surprise for okay, you. you. Okay, you got a surprise? I do. I'm excited. <laughs> I'll be right there. I'm nervous. Hi, Katie. Hi, Ina. <laughs> oh my God, this is just gorgeous. Marcus is going to lose his mind. Oh, Thank it's you. vegetables fresh from the farm field. Uh, that's as fresh as it gets. Thank I'll see you. you. Later. Thank you. Enjoy. 
<laughs> How's this? This, this is from Farmer Katie and me. Oh my God! How's that? Thank you so much. You're welcome. I thought you'd That's love amazing. it. Amazing. I love all the beans and the peas oh, and the yes. I mean, all from, straight Fennel. from the farm. Hey, I'm gonna put it on the on the mm. chair. How's yeah, let's that? Do that. Mm. Okay. Thank you. I have a pop quiz for you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's the movie you've seen the most? Probably The Godfather. <laughs> That's a oh. good one. That's a really good one. Um, what's the food that makes you happy? Home cooked food. Home cooked home cooked food. Any home Isn't it? You know good. what? It's just, it's such a gift. Mm -hmm. It's just from one person's heart to yours. What's the best job you've ever had? I got it. <laughs> what's the worst job you've ever had? Mm -hmm. We've all had a bad job. We've all, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I always thought I met somebody that I learned something from, so I really haven't had a bad job. What's the best present you ever got? Zion and Grace. Oh, that's exactly right. Isn't Zion that wonderful? And, Grace. <laughs> and the last question comes from a famous interviewer. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I would say your life on earth has been a pleasure, <laughs> and Thank I think you, you have so more much. to look forward to. Thank I just had the best so day much. with you. It was, it was so best, much fun. Isn't it? Absolutely. This could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. Wow. Was that an incredible story? The thing about Marcus is he did the work, so he was ready when the luck came. I had the best day, and then I got a box with fresh farmer's market picked vegetables. So now I know what's for dinner. I cook for Ina Garten during the day, and tonight I'm cooking for my family. I loved talking to him. Can't wait to see him again. Thank you for listening to Be My Guest. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a moment, I'd love to hear your comments on Apple Podcasts. I'll be back next week with new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you'll join us. 